0: Soccer. What's going on everyone? It is July 7th, 2016. I'm Gary. I'm Josh. Let's talk soccer. Josh, what's going on, bud?
1: Um, I'm great. Um, I'm really tired cuz I just had a a training session and I'm really tired, but I'm really excited to get on with this podcast.
0: Yeah, man. Um, you have been training hard and it has definitely been paying off. Um, and before we get started on today's podcast, I want to do a shout out to Coach Cush at McAuley Soccer. Um, It's been great meeting him and getting to know him, and we're going to continue to get to know him. And I know he's tuning in for his first um, Let's Talk Soccer podcast, so we wanted to say hello, welcome, and it's been cool getting to know your coach. Um, All right, so let's go ahead and talk about how you guys can find us. And we've started to and we've been getting some really good feedback from people. We've been getting comments, a lot of participation, and it's been great. And we really appreciate it. And we will respond to everyone. So um, and unless there's questionable content or something like that, we'll read your questions or suggestions on the air too. So please feel free to send us stuff. Um, but here's how you can touch base with us. On Twitter, you can look for at Let's Talk Soccer 2. On Facebook, just search for Let's Talk Soccer 2, and in both of those cases, it's the number two. Um, On Instagram, we're at Let's Talk Soccer. YouTube, Let's Talk Soccer. And you can email us at letstalksoccer2 at gmail.com. Again, that's the number two. Um, What you'll find on these accounts and what our podcast is about, we try to... You know, we tried to create a brand here where the content sort of transcends all these different platforms, you know, from podcasts to all the different social media platforms and everything. Um, But we're trying to stick as close to our brand mission as we can here. So we are – what we're not about is we're not about breaking news. From time to time, we may post something um, that is breaking just because it's super important or super relevant or super interesting, but we are not – you know, in the game to try to outdo, you know, ESPN FC or NBC Sports Network or Fox Sports or, you know, anything like that. Um, That's not the game we're in. But what we do try to do is um, provide a unique sort of insight and perspective. I'm a 45-year-old dad. Josh is my 12-year-old son. And, you know, especially um, through Josh's insight, and as you listen to these podcasts, you'll learn how much he knows about this sport and how well-spoken he is about it. That's the kind of stuff that, um, that I think we lend that's unique to any other soccer podcast out there. Um, what you also find through us is coverage of top leagues and top footballers. But we take a special focus on the BPL that doesn 't mean that we won 't talk about La Liga or Syria or Liga or the MLS, but um, that that 's when we do talk about those other leagues it 's because something big is happening, like Messi getting a twenty one month prison sentence um, for tax fraud, um, which he doesn 't have to serve, but you know that 's sort of You know, a big deal. So we'll definitely touch on that when that happens. We will talk about the USMNT, the men's national team, when they're in session or when there's something to talk about. With Copa America done and they're on a bit of a break, we don't really have much to talk about there today. Um, We'll talk about sort of what I would call seasonal things, um, like big tournaments, like the Euros are going on right now. Hope america just got done things that sort of pop up from time to time that are big and important we will talk about those things um the summer transfer window is another example of that we'll talk about that today and, and we'll cover you know interesting pieces of of those topics you know on instagram or youtube or twitter or anything like that um because we have a Rising youth footballer here on the podcast, we will also, um, week in and week out, focus on youth soccer, um, especially as seen through Josh's eyes. But we'll talk about things like training, um, fitness, agility, speed, strength, skills, footwork, the mental aspect of the game. We've got some videos up now. If you go to you know, any of our social media accounts and you'll see um, some of the training that josh is doing um so you know that stuff is is pretty cool and you know that is um i think that's a really interesting element that this podcast brings that maybe others don't talk about so it's i think it's cool um being a father and son team here for parents to listen with their sons or daughters you know if they are a soccer family like we are um, this is a very safe environment we won't be using questionable language or anything along those lines. So you can feel free to to listen to this with your kid. Um, we will also cover soccer-related charitable organizations. Um, you know, we like to give back in any way we can, and we think that maybe by using this platform to, you know, on a weekly basis or so, um, you know, sort of focus in on one Organization, it brings some attention to um, how soccer can do good for others. So we love that piece of it. Um, and then, sort of lastly, we'll talk about what I would call the digital world of soccer. So things like FIFA 16, soon to be FIFA 17, um, FIFA Ultimate Team, and FUT Head, different apps, webs websites, social media accounts that that we're sort of digging at the moment. So we'll be sure to cover those and then post those. On all of our accounts too. So um, we definitely want to hear from you guys. So questions, comments, ideas, suggestions, anything, please um, send it our way and we will respond um, as best we can and we will take any constructive criticism out there. We are very much amateurs in terms of podcasting. We know soccer quite well, I think, um, but we don't know the podcasting world. That well, so you know the production quality on this podcast is low, although tomorrow we have um, a microphone that's delivering. So hopefully the sound quality will be better. But you can tell by sort of our cheesy um, broke down uh, intro that you know we're, we're definitely not experts but but that's okay because we're having fun and that's what this is all about. So um, once again, we're a father and son team. We are definitely amateurs and we're not professional podcasters or on-air talent or anything along those lines. But we love football in all of its forms, whether it's real-life stuff, it's youth soccer, it's, it's soccer at its highest professional level or national team level, or it's in a digital form somehow. Um, and I really do think and believe that the unique selling point, especially of this podcast, is seeing all of this through the eyes of a um, rising 12-year-old footballer who is extremely smart and extremely well-spoken and extremely knowledgeable about the game. So with that said, let's go ahead and jump into the content for today. First off, we have to talk about the Euros. I mean, it has Mm -hmm. been just the quarterfinals and semifinals alone have just been... So much fun to watch, so much action. So let's go ahead and jump in on this. And we won't go, you know, minute by minute, play by play, and do analysis on it as much as we'll just sort of talk through it and give some perspective on it. And then certainly all of this leading up to um, the Mm France-Portugal final on Sunday. All right, so let's go through um, game by game in the quarterfinals. So first we have... Poland and Portugal nodded at one-all after extra time. And Portugal, up to this point, has not had a win in regulation. Um, It's all been after the fact. So um, Portugal was fortunate enough to win five through on penalty kicks. Um, And this time at the Euros, as opposed to last time, Ronaldo goes... First yeah instead so of fifth.
1: He confirms he gets a penalty
0: he actually gets a penalty instead of last time making the huge mistake of trying to be the hero and not even getting a chance mm-hmm. to um to shoot for his country so and of course he he nets his um in this match as well lewandowski finally gets a goal in the tournament he had been goalless up until this point point. and the goal of the match is Renato Sancho's with just it
1: was a great goal an amazing him. goal it was a bit of dribbling and then a a really great finish into the bottom right corner.
0: Yeah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, As for Poland, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess they earned their spot in the quarterfinals, but they didn't do anything to, like, really impress me at all this entire Mm -hmm. tournament. Um, Portugal, I don't know if you call it luck or if you call it, um, you know, A winning mentality. I mean, the fact that they hadn't won in regulation time at all, but were able to win all of these very lengthy games, is that a a good thing for them or a a bad thing for them? I can't, I guess you can look at it both ways. I mean, you know, they can't seem to get the job done in 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, so everything has to go longer, but mentally they're strong enough to win all of those extra long matches. Um, which could serve them well if, you know, if the final, you know, mm-hmm. is long. Except
1: um, they would also have used a lot more energy than these other teams. True. So that would lead to fatigue or yes. uh, lack of concentration. Yeah.
0: The good thing is that they have at least one, you know, 24 hours extra than France does mm-hmm. um, in terms of rest up. But yes, all of those extra minutes definitely wear on you, especially if you're someone like Cristiano who plays every minute of every match match. you know that that will absolutely wear you down all right let's move on to the next one then um it's wales and belgium and wales beat belgium 3-1 so prior to this match belgium looked like maybe they had sort of found a little bit of form um and then whatever they found they lost pretty quickly very quickly Um, belgium is one of those teams with a ton of talent young talent at that um, but man they just could not piece it together except an amazing goal from Nangolin.
1: So uh, the ball gets played to him on the, at the edge, a bit further out.
0: Sort of right higher than the top left corner of the penalty box, right?
1: Yeah, and then he takes a touch and absolutely bangs it into the top left corner. Yeah,
0: actually he hits it first time. It looked like he, I thought he was going to have the time to take a touch and sort of set up a better shot. But he decides to just crack this thing um, with his laces.
1: Yeah, it's a definitely... It was an amazing goal. And I think...
0: An amazing goal.
1: Contender for goal of, this of tournament. The tournament.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, he got all of this shot. If you haven't seen it, you have to go online and look at it. I mean, he gets... It is just perfect technique on this shot. Unfortunately for Belgium... That's where it all yeah, sort of just there. stops for them. So, you know, Wales gets goals from Williams, Robson Cano, and Vokes, and they go on to eventually face Portugal in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, Wales looks good. They've yep. got some momentum. They're starting to believe. Um, you know, for a country of three million people, um, not too shabby. Mm-hmm. And really... A couple of star players, Bale being, you know, the biggest star of the team. So not bad for them at all. Um, Next up, Germany and Italy play, and they draw 1-1 after 120 minutes. So another goal that goes, you know, into extra time Mm -hmm. and now beyond. Um, Ozil has the goal for Germany, and Bonucci scores on a penalty kick for Italy after Boateng jumps up with both hands in the air as if he's riding a roller coaster and gets his yeah. hand on the ball in Germany's penalty box, which then um, allows for Italy to convert the penalty kick into a goal. If so, you're not
1: a roller coaster fan, it looked like he was doing the American football field goal sign. Right,
0: yes, or the wave or something. Mm-hmm. something um, just no need to have his arms up the way they were. It was really strange looking. Um, so then we fast forward and we're in penalty kicks and... Perhaps the worst display of penalty kick taking I've ever seen by two teams. I've never seen some of this stuff. I mean, you've got like Zaza takes (laughs) this. He was put on intentionally by Conte at the end of the match to be one of their... He was subbed on to be one of the guys taking penalty kicks. And just, I mean, if I would have been blindfolded, um, I could have... Hit the ball better than that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was horrible. Um, And that's kind of the way the entire, or at least half of the shots taken in this penalty kick shootout went. Um, Balls going way over the -hmm. crossbar. Balls going wide. Horrible. You know, people were trying to do panecas and all of these, you know, stutter steps and stuff. And it's, I'm a big believer that just simple, clean penalty kicks are Mm -hmm. all you need. Pick your spot. Go up. And hit it with some pace and place it where you want to place it. Don't mm-hmm. do all this other stuff to try to get the goalie to move and stuff. Because we saw how that turned out. Yeah. Um, you know, for two of the top teams in the world. But after it's all said and done, um, Germany prevails six five on penalty kicks mm-hmm. and they advance to the semifinals. So they go on to um, they go on to semifinals and eventually meet up. With France, so then let's talk about France and Iceland in the quarterfinal. So Iceland was the Leicester City of the Euros. Um, they had had a fantastic tournament up to this point. Um, France do get the best of them here, yeah, win win five two. Um, a great display of um, of offensive might by France. A little sketchy on the defense. They do allow two goals to Iceland and. Um, Iceland earned both of those goals, but France led up. You know they had the lead and they let mm-hmm. up, and then they had to sort of go back. And they just had a flurry of goals. Um, France did so. Um, you know France definitely finds their offensive form. Griezmann has two goals. Giroud has one. Um, you also get one from both Pogba and Payet. Griezmann just on form throughout the entire tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, Giroud looking good as well. So the the two. You know, players up top for France just, um, they're just on a roll and can't be stopped. Um, But Iceland do start to claw their way back. They net two goals, which leads me to ask, is, at this point, is France's defense a trouble spot? Certainly from the midfield forward, um, I mean, it is an all-star lineup.
1: Yes, the best you can get. You know,
0: as good as you can get, absolutely, but, you know, can their defense... You know, except for Loris, who has just been a stud in goal. Um, That defensive line looked a little bit questionable in that game. And they had in other spots, too. So, you know, just something to keep in mind as they're going into the semifinals. But absolutely, congratulations and kudos to Iceland Mm -hmm. for going this far. Um, It's a country the size of Kentucky. Absolutely amazing. Supposedly, mm-hmm. the welcome that the team got back from um, from their fans when they landed back in Iceland was amazing, and they earned it. And they should absolutely for people for most of these players who are not full time footballers. These guys have other real jobs um, just to make enough money to live from. This is an amazing story. If so. we
1: go to uh, their manager, the Iceland's manager, uh-huh. um, when they beat England, if you mm-hmm. think about Roy Hodgson, makes about uh three million dollars a year uh-huh. on this job. Mm-hmm. And the Iceland manager is a part-time dentist.
0: Yeah, so there you go. Um okay, so now we go into the semifinals. We've got our two matches are Portugal and Wales and France and Germany. So we'll start with the first match first, Portugal and Wales. Um in the first half I thought both teams looked looked more like they were trying not to lose than they were mm-hmm. actually trying to win. They all seemed to be playing back on their heels. And it was just they were hoping not to make mistakes much more than they were hoping to put a goal in. Yeah, they were something. seeming
1: just, they were, uh, it seemed like they were just trying to make sure they, like they didn't care if it went to extra time. They were just trying not to lose.
0: Absolutely. Second half is a different story, though. Um, at least it was for Portugal. So Portugal start to turn up the offensive power a little bit. And it begins with CR seven and an amazing header. He gets up probably three feet higher than anybody else on a corner and just heads the ball in. And it was it was amazing. I mean, he just mm-hmm. showed his athleticism. He got so much higher than everyone else. Just an amazing, amazing goal. And this is the thing with with the top players in the world. They are the ones who will do things like this. They want the ball and they will make every effort to lead their team on to victory. Mm-hmm. They, when the pressure's on, they want it. Um, second goal for Portugal comes from Nani with an assist for Cristiano. So, so Cristiano gets a goal and an assist in this match and is definitely the leader of his team there. In fact, um, CR7, with his goal, he ties Platini for most goals ever scored. In the Euros, I
1: would say it was an accidental assist from Cristiano. It was more yes, of a stuffed shot. It
0: was he, but yes, uh, you know, statistically speaking, he got the assist. Yes, he did. But it, but it definitely was. Um, Wales did not look good the entire match. Um, I think the loss of Aaron Ramsey or the absence of Aaron Ramsey from this match um, hurt them quite a bit. Uh, Bale, I thought Bale played well, as well as he could have. He was all over the pitch without having Ramsey there in the middle. Um, you know, I think Bale tried to not only play his position, but he tried to play Ramsey's position too. And um I mean he was box to box pretty much the whole match and did he was trying to be as involved as he possibly could, and it just didn't work out for Wales. But also congratulations to them on a great tournament. The second semifinal match, which we just got done watching, was France and Germany. Um it was it was, you know. To ends of the spectrum, France looked amazing mm-hmm. and Germany just looked uh, sad. Yeah, out they there. looked hopeless. They did. They, um, especially when they were down by a goal, they just lost. You know, they um, so Griezmann scored both goals for France. He um, converts the first goal, it's a penalty kick, right before the halftime whistle blows on a Schweinsteiger handball, which was unfortunate, but for whatever reason, um, Germany keep doing these handballs in the box that have starting to hurt them. Did ultimately kill them. Yeah. Excessive for sure. Um, and so Germany comes out. So France goes into half up by a goal and Germany comes out just looking pathetic in the second half. Um, Griezmann gets his second goal. In the second half and at this point, um, nothing good was going to happen for Germany. They had so many near misses, um, shots that either hit the post or went just wide or Loris made a spectacular save on. It was just not meant to be for Germany today.
1: Yeah, and I actually think Germany could have gotten a couple penalties in this match.
0: Yes, yeah, there were some call- some there were some opportunities where the ref could have called it either way and probably would have been right, mm-hmm. um, you know, one for sure that he could have called, I think, and he didn't, but you know it it wasn't his fault. it could have been called either way. Um, so now France faced Portugal, and before we talk about that match, I just want to say and we were talking about this while we were watching the match, is um France are scary good. And they're young. Um, you know, it's two years from now, and a lot can happen in two years, but they are right now my pick to win the World Cup in 2018.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't see any other <clears throat> team than France.
0: I mean, you know, they are. They just, they look tough. Um, all right, so that's probably sort of gives away my my pick for who's going to win in the finals on Sunday, but let's go ahead and talk about that, and we'll make our predictions. Um, You know, we've got – France is the home team. Mm -hmm. You know, they are going to absolutely have the crowd, the majority of the crowd, um, you know, cheering in their favor. Um, You know, the last time France hosted a major tournament was the World Cup, and they won Mm -hmm. there. And it seems like it's sort of maybe their destiny to win this time. What does France need to do to win, and what do they – need to not do in order to keep from losing.
1: Well, I think uh France just need to play like the France that everyone else, everyone else knows. Yeah. as just a killer deadly team that just wants to score. And um what they shouldn't what they shouldn't do to make sure they don't lose mm-hmm. is they have to shut down Ronaldo as quick as possible. Yeah. Because with a bit of a questionable defense not so much in the German match but if Ronaldo can just get that little space, yeah. he will right. get a shot off, and yeah. when he shoots, it's a pretty safe bet he could score from it.
0: Yeah, those those near misses that Germany had today, I think Ronaldo could convert on some of those. So mm-hmm. yeah, he could he could hurt France for sure. Um, you know, it's been interesting that throughout much of this tournament, um, Cristiano has had towards the least amount of touches for for Portugal yes. in each of their matches. So you know. In terms of what Portugal needs to do to win, they've got to amp that number way up. They have to have Cristiano touching that ball as much as humanly possible.
1: And also, I think they need to... um, They need someone to man-mark him, like Pogba. Yeah. That, even if he's not attacking... he's Just
0: always with him.
1: Yeah, just no matter what.
0: Yeah, because he will just accelerate or be sneaky and get into open space. And he's great to watch. If you just isolate him and watch him in a match, he is a master of just, you know, getting into space. And just, he just roams, Mm -hmm. you know, and it works for him. You know, I agree with your assessment for France. Um, If they can just keep, you know, Griezmann is always shooting anytime he gets a chance. And I, I don't see why he would not do that against Portugal. I think Giroud did not have the best um, game against Germany. He had some chances, and he hesitated, and he missed mm-hmm. each time, or it got blocked, or the ball got taken away, so he needs to get his shots off a little quicker or pass the ball. There was one where he held onto the ball for too long, and the defend German defender took it from him um, when he had a wide-open Griezmann square to him and could have just sweated mm-hmm. it and gotten it to him. So or, uh, Giroud needs to, needs to figure that out. Um, Portugal... I think need to obviously find Cristiano as much as possible. And I think they probably need to be physical with France. Yeah. You know, Griezmann is smaller, um, you know, Payette's a little bit smaller. I think if Portugal, you know, the likes of Pepe and Charesma and players like that can get physical with France, I think mm-hmm. that maybe that helps somewhat. I I honestly don't see the, you know, I don't see Portugal winning this. Mm-hmm. I see France winning relatively big, maybe 2-0, 3-1. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be some separation, and it won't be a super close match. Um, but stranger things have happened, and Portugal's held in, mm-hmm. held on to it this long, and you know, just takes 90 minutes, or in Portugal's case, 120 minutes <laughs> um, to win this. So, so we will see.
1: It's pretty much Iceland-England all over again.
0: I think so. Um, All right, before we wrap up Euros, anything else to say about this? I will be sad to see this tournament go. It's been awesome watching Yeah, it's been
1: exciting. Very exciting. It has
0: been. I love big things. Although the only thing that I'll be happy to see gone is that DirecTV power to turn back time commercial that every break – ESPN gets in the Euro programming They play that commercial And it's just I can't wait to get that song out of my head
1: We have the power to turn back time
0: (laughs) Don't do that to me Um, And also, and we'll explain more um, A little later in the podcast But please, you know, keep listening Because we're going to announce A really cool FIFA coin giveaway That was Josh's brilliant idea So we'll get to that Towards the end of the tournament Um, But I think that wraps up our Euro segment, and we will continue on. Okay, so let's go ahead and switch gears now to the summer transfer window. It officially opened for business on July 1st, although it seems like there were a lot of announcements and things going Mm -hmm. on prior to that. So I thought probably the best way to break this down because there's a lot of news, and we won't cover it all um, because something is happening. It seems like every minute and every – source of information about this has something unique that another one doesn't. So there's no way we can compile it all. But I think we are hitting on the bulk of it and certainly the most interesting interesting pieces of it. Uh, what we'll do is we'll cover actual transfers and then we'll talk about the transfer rumors who may have some truth to them or may not have any truth to them, but they're certainly interesting to talk about. Um, and then let's go ahead and just comment on them as we see fit. All right, so let's go ahead with actual transfers. The first and the biggest so far that everybody is aware of is that Zlatan has now officially signed with Man U.
1: So he just um, he just announced that he's signing with Manchester United because he had to wait till the Euros were, were over to be able to officially sign. But it is huge for Manchester United. Uh, Manchester United having this kind of amazing player come to your club for a free transfer as well. Yeah. And he's a deadly player, and I think that's a great player for their team. He does,
0: and I think that he has at least one more season um, left in him, if not two. Um, You know, I don't know if his signing alone makes Man U a a favorite to win the league. I think that it certainly doesn't hurt, and I think that even – if you look at how they played towards, say, the last two months of this past season, they found sort of some momentum. And players like Martial and Rashford, their younger players, really came into great form. So um, I think even without Zlatan, you know, in that starting eleven lineup, they, they were starting to find their rhythm and they could compete. Now with him, I think at the very least a top four finish For sure. is possible. Um, now... Adding to that, we have just also seen that Henrik Mikitarian has signed with Manchester United. So, what does that do to the team now?
1: I think that just bulks their attack. Mm-hmm. Now, their attack right now is Ibra, Mikitarian, Martial, and Rooney, which is a pretty decent attack, I and would Rashford say. And Rashford
0: coming off the bench.
1: Yeah, Rashford as sort of a super sub. Right. And Henrik Mikitarian brings a lot of pace, a lot of skill, and a lot of uh, great dribbling to the table for their team, which I think they could desperately need.
0: So, does does the addition of Mkhitaryan now make them an odds-on favorite to win the league?
1: No, but I think I think now they could at least sort of contest from the start, mm-hmm. and then maybe sort of fall back a little bit later. Okay. Maybe sort of like
0: an Arsenal of last year. Yeah, that was quite a letdown for Arsenal fans. Yeah,
1: expected to win the league.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so we've got um, Nolito coming from Celta Vigo, and he has completed his move to Man City. And Man City, seems like Man City and Man U have been so far the most active, which I kind of get being um, the crosstown rivals that they are. You know, they've sort of gone like for like in terms of managers with Pep at City and um, Mourinho at United, and now also trying to sign some big-name players. Um, let's also say that City has also signed um, Gundogan from Dortmund. So, you know, um, it's interesting to see some of the um, Bundesliga players coming over now to play, which makes sense with Pep, you know, coming mm-hmm. from Bayern Munich. Um, I think that makes sense. So how does nelito and... Gundaguan, um, how does that affect Man City?
1: Well, I just want to say about Nolito, uh, he's obviously proven himself to be a decent goal scorer, except I thought they were going after Aubameyang, and it seems like that's sort of taken up a striker spot, which, I mean, Nolito is a great striker, don't get me wrong about that, but I feel like there's so many more options for City. And I feel like they could have gotten a lot better player.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Aubameyang thing sort of just, like, disappeared overnight, it mm-hmm. feels like. And, you know, I was excited as a City supporter for that to happen. Um, yeah, right. How many how many strikers do you need? You've already got Aguero there. Mm-hmm. Um, now you've got Nolito. You know, albeit I think that if Obamiang did come, that Nolito would either have to find a new position mm-hmm. or would come in as a sub in a lot of cases but also in a way maybe you want some depth at certain key positions because if you're playing champions league soccer as well you can't run your starting 11 you know match in and match out Mm -hmm. all the time so you do need the ability to sort of flex your um your starting 11 from time to time depending on you know if you're playing in you know FA Cup match, yeah. or you know, Champions League, or something like that. So maybe, maybe Pep is doing the right thing and sort of, you know, stocking up on mm-hmm. um, talent at certain positions.
1: Yeah, and also Aguero seems to get injured quite a lot of times throughout his season. He's a yep. very injury-prone player.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have uh, Victor Wanyama coming over to Spurs.
1: I mean, it's sort of, uh, it's sort of questionable whether them really needed this position, yeah. seeing that they have Eric Dyer, uh, they have a lot of great talent there, like Dele Alli,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who, it it's a bit questionable whether they needed this or not. But, like a team like Spurs, they're going to go through uh, Champions League football next year.
0: Yeah.
1: It's always good to stock up on those positions that are going to be running a lot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, Spurs still seems to be one of those teams that does more selling than they do buying mm-hmm. to me. Um, and, you know, I've said this in the past too, is, you know, at some point a a club needs to decide, are they a selling club or a buying club? Meaning, are you in the business of trying to just, you know, breed, um, and fertilize younger players and get them to a certain level so you can sell them and make a profit? Or do you maybe build some from within but then also look outwardly and purchase great players in an effort to win titles. And I don't feel like, although, you know, um, Spurs had a great season this past season, um, I still don't feel like they're completely committed to winning titles. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't see them making those moves. Um, This one was announced quite a while ago, it feels like, but I guess it's official now, is that um, Shaka? is um, going to Arsenal.
1: Hallelujah. Uh, finally an outfield <laughs> signing for Arsenal. Yeah. For the past three transfer windows, that's been their first outfield signing out of their whole club, which is quite sad, to be honest.
0: Absolutely.
1: But at least they're getting a very slow start.
0: You would think that falling short of expectations um, this year that, um, that Wenger would have more pressure than ever to go out and spend some money and exactly. buy some players, but he still doesn't seem to be doing much. I mean, we've got one, but you know, I know he's got more work to do. Yeah.
1: It seems like, I feel like the board at Arsenal are just screaming at Wenger, saying, spend some money already. Yeah. Yeah. Like encouraging him to spend
0: money. <laughs> you know, that it, that's not a bad problem to have. I mean, a lot of managers would, would love to be in his situation. Uh, we have a little bit of activity here at Liverpool. Um, Let's see. We have Sadio Mane um, moving from Liverpool to Southampton. I
1: mean, I mean, it's a great signing for Southampton. Mane is a very agile, quick, and a pretty clinical goal scorer. And it's a great signing for them. Yes. He's, he's very clinical in the box. And he works super hard. So yeah. Just like Shakiri and Aguera.
0: And we also have, um, and I didn't see this one coming, is Martin Skirtle leaving to go to Fenerbahce.
1: That is uh, a big hole that Liverpool are going to have to fix in their defense. Uh, Skirtle is their top defender by far. he
0: was a leader out there too, so, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess he's getting older in age and maybe can't perform like he used to. It's interesting, now all of a sudden it seems, or all of a sudden to me at least, it seems like... um, you know, uh, Turkey and the U.S. are these places for players who aren't necessarily, their careers aren't completely over yet, but it's certainly towards the tail end of their careers. But but in the MLS, it's sort of been like that for a little while now. But um, it seems like Turkey, you know, a lot of players mm-hmm. are starting to head over into their league as well. Um, in the other piece of activity, another person leaving is Victor Valdez, backup goalie for Manchester United and certainly from Barcelona fame, um, was released from Manu. So no team for him yet. He's just been released by the club.
1: Now, he, he actually, I think he only played once for Manu mm-hmm. in two seasons. So he clearly wasn't getting any playing time. But, I mean, you do have Davide De Gea in front of you. Yeah. It's hard to get any playing time. And... He just isn't, like, the goalie he used to be. When he used Um, to play for Barcelona, he was amazing.
0: But, you know, it seems like, you know, he was at Barcelona, and they were doing great, and then he left. And that was, like, almost the last you heard of him. Mm -hmm. You know, he just sort of, like, literally fell off of the radar. So Yeah, disappeared. um, Yeah, that one, that was interesting. All right, let's go ahead and move into the rumor mill now. So, um... We know that Real Madrid have officially confirmed that they've activated the buyback clause for Alvaro Morata. Um, This has now, now that Morata is, um, you know, back up for sale potentially, there's a lot of interest, especially from Chelsea, Arsenal, and Man U.
1: I think Chelsea could use a proven striker. Mm -hmm. Even though Morata is a great striker, I still don't feel that he is the the perfect striker that pretty much scores one every game or somewhere close to that.
0: Yeah, Arsenal too are in need of a striker. Yes, they
1: desperately need even just an outfield player they could use. No, it
0: doesn't seem like Man U needs another striker. No, they just got Ebra. Right, Um, so we'll have to see about that one. Okay, um, Sevilla have expressed interest in Joe Allen and Luis Alberto from Liverpool. Um, Liverpool want 10 million pounds for Allen and 7 million for Alberto.
1: Well, Joe Allen, he's getting sort of to the end of his career. He's yeah. getting quite old. He did have a decent Euros, yep. but I don't think that's enough for a 30-something-year-old player to be able to uh, sort of uh, start with the rumors to get right. to another club. Yeah. Especially with a, a Sevilla team that is very young and they sort of they sort of have their kind of team already built up. Right. And I don't think Joe Allen would really fit in there. Luis Alberto, I could see, though, because he is Spanish. Yeah. And he's very young. He's quick. Yeah. He has uh, good skill. So, I could see Luis Alberto mm-hmm. from Liverpool happening, yeah. but not Joe Allen.
0: Okay. Um, this one's interesting. So, the first part of it is not really a big surprise. Um, both Manu and Real Madrid, and I'm sure, you know, dozens of other clubs around Europe are interesting in acquiring Paul Pogba from Juve. But here's the catch. Um, as teams are starting to promote their new kits for the 2016-2017 season. Juventus have used Pogba um, wearing the new kit in a lot of their ads and on their website and stuff. So it's almost like they're saying, he's here to stay. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't even think about it. So, you know, I think if you're a Juventus supporter and Pogba does leave, you've almost been... It's a bit of bait and switch. You've sort mm-hmm. of been fooled into thinking he's coming. I mean, if you're buying, say, season tickets or you're buying a Pogba jersey mm-hmm. or something and then he's gone, I wouldn't be happy about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's that would be so disappointing just yeah. to know that. But, I mean, out of those two teams, I could see him going to Real Madrid. Yeah. Uh, simply because, one, Real Madrid have Champions League football, mm-hmm. and I think that's what a young talented player like him wants. Yep. And Man U didn't respect him when he was there. He went out uh, from Man U to uh, Juventus yep. on a free transfer, and they're definitely regretting that now.
0: Well, there's one thing that will allow Pogba to forgive Man U for that, and it's more money. Yes. So if Manu can beat out any offer that Real Madrid or anybody else is making, I'm sure he would find it somewhere in his heart to be willing to forgive Man U for that oversight. Yeah, so. and
1: reportedly they're making like $100 million yeah uh, offers for him. Which it's really hard to turn down.
0: Poor guy. Okay, uh, speaking of Man U, they're interested in Julian Draxler, who at least for one match, sorry, my voice cracked there, <laughs> um, who for one match um, in the Euros had an amazing game. Um, I think he had a goal and two assists or something like mm-hmm. that um, <clears throat> and looked phenomenal in that match. So what do you think about this? I
1: I think it's sort of questionable. I want to, it's going to, I feel like Julian Draxler could sort of be like a Falcao or a James Rodriguez (coughs) who sort of, uh, who sort of just fades away after Uh a season and he's just a one hit wonder, Mm -hmm. just good for one season. And it would, it would be a good signing as a player of Julian Draxler's quality, but can he consistently keep this form for
0: them? Yeah. I saw a lot of talent in him, especially in that match you know I tried to really watch him and I was really impressed with um how physical he was in terms of you know his desire to get to the ball um he would run box to box you know he was he played he played a great game in that game so yeah. he certainly has and if he's playing for the German national team mm-hmm. clearly clearly he's got a little bit of talent
1: so. yeah but that was. That's kind of like Hamas. He had an amazing World Cup. Right. And then yeah. the next season he sort of just...
0: Right. <clears throat> yeah. Um, speaking of the German national team, Cr- Tony Cruz has been linked with a transfer um, to Man City.
1: Um, I feel that Real Madrid need to try and hold on to him because he is vital in that yeah. In that midfield. He being, seems to work
0: really well in that system too. Yeah.
1: Being in that 4-3-3 with either him uh Hames and Modric mm-hmm. or him Modric and uh, Isco mm-hmm. but he is quite important and physicality is one thing that is sort of not as high in the um in the La Liga right which that's what he possesses so yeah, he's, he's a just big guy. dominant in the midfield yeah he is but getting linked to Man City could sort of also be helpful for his career because he'll be able to uh, improve on all those things yeah. because um the the BPL is obviously a more physical league.
0: Yes. So speaking of Man City and speaking of Spanish La Liga, not only does Pep supposedly want to sign Cruz, um, but also Luis Suarez. So yet another striker.
1: Uh, I mean, I just can't see that happening. I, I don't
0: know how much truth there to any of these rumors. I mean, I guess you could tie any player to any team as a rumor. But, um, you know, is he going to sign six different, you know, top-tier Strikers to the team.
1: I know. That just doesn't make sense. And I just can't see that happening at all. All That just seems unrealistic.
0: All right. Let's stick with Man City for one more point here. And that they're looking to completely overhaul their defense. Um, They're looking at John Stones from Everton. Mm -hmm. And they're looking at Leonardo Bonucci in Italy.
1: I think those two are both uh, reasonable, actually. John Stones has great potential and could be a great player in the future. So, if they're going to get him, it's now, which he's unhappy at Everton. Yeah. And it would be very helpful for them to get him right now. So, I could see that happening. And I could also see Benucci happening, seeing that uh, Juventus just bought Danny Alves. That's another thing of their defense. Maybe they look to sell on one of the older people, because they do have Chiellini and Barzagli already.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And is there really space for a uh, Bonucci? Yeah. So... If Man City can get the money for him, which they obviously have, right, I could also see that
0: one happening. Yep. Okay. So, we've been talking about Arsenal quite a bit in this transfer window segment. Um, Lacazette has been linked to them.
1: I could see that happening because Lacazette is currently playing for Olympic Lyon. Yeah. Uh, they're not very... I mean, they are big, but they're in France and it's pretty safe to say every single year PSG is going to win. Yep. So if Lacazette wants to continue his career, he is still quite young. I think he should move to Arsenal and improve his career in um, arguably the biggest league in the world.
0: Absolutely. Um, last year's champion, Leicester City, have you know they've signed Jamie Vardy. Um, so I think it was a, a four-year extension. Um, and reportedly, they've been trying to sign Conte. And each time Conte has rejected the latest offer, um, because, at least according to what I read, he's hoping to make a move to Chelsea.
1: I mean, it's, obvi- it's obvious that Chelsea are going to try and make a huge offer for Conte, also after the amazingly successful season he had. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of, uh, Leicester City have sort of tried to hold on to sort of that bunch of people to hope that yeah. this can continue.
0: Yeah.
1: And I, I hope Conte actually stays at Leicester, except I don't think he is going to stay at Leicester
0: I by mean, this. You've got to think at least of the big three between Vardy, Mares, and Conte. Um, one of the three of them is probably going to go. It's mm-hmm. just sort of the nature of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll have to keep an eye on that one. But right now Conte's got bigger fish to fry in terms of the Euros.
1: Yeah, Conte's trying to sign Conte.
0: There you go. Um, I like that, Conte signing Conte. Um, speaking of Chelsea, Atletico Madrid are in talks with Chelsea to acquire Diego Costa. And as far as I'm concerned, as far away from the BPL that Diego Costa can go, the better.
1: Yeah, I would be happy if this happened. I could also see it happening because Diego Costa uh, originally started at Atletico Madrid, mm-hmm. then moved when, um, when Mourinho came around. And I would love for Diego Costa to go back to Atletico Madrid simply just to get him out of the BPL.
0: Yeah, me too. All right. And lastly, both Spurs and Leicester City are interested in Ragnar Sigurdsson, um, who you may not recognize the name. You've heard of Sigurdsson. You're probably thinking of Gilfie Sigurdsson. This is Ragnar Sigurdsson, um, who came to fame during Iceland's sort of magical run in the Euro tournament. And, um, you know, he he performed well. He performed very well. So, you know, I guess he has raised some eyebrows and he's piqued some interest over in England.
1: Yeah, I mean, he had a great year, I'll give him that. But I can't see him moving to a huge club so quickly. Yeah, I could see him maybe even to a smaller club, even in the championship. Yeah, Just because, just how much he came to fame so quickly. I think... I can't really see this happening,
0: to be honest. All right. So that was a lengthy but I think um, well-stocked transfer segment. So Mm -hmm. I think that was a great one. But let's go ahead and switch gears. So let's go ahead and jump into our youth soccer segment. So um, what we've been working on lately, you know, Josh is always working on sort of – technical things, you know, as a striker, he's working on his shooting, um, and his mobility and, um, you know, taking on players one-on-one and possession and things like that. Um, but what we, what we're trying to do, at least what he and I are doing, um, you know, as a small team here is working on how do we improve those skills with, um, sort of underlying, um, Fitness and technique and stuff like that, and what I mean is, for instance, we're working right now on his speed and his change of direction because certainly, as a footballer in just about any position, you you know the faster you can run, the better, um, especially as a striker who's trying to chase down balls or trying to beat out a defender or something. Um, but change of direction this is soccer is by no means a linear sport where you're running um, in a straight line. Um, for any length of time, really, you're constantly changing direction. So, you know, that is something that even without the ball, you know, we're, we're trying to do. And I think that it's working, you know, we went to um, a couple months ago, went to a um, fitness facility that trains um, athletes of all, you know, from all different kinds of sports. And they worked with Josh and his team on exactly this. And we learned some great tips. So, you know, as, you know, if you're the parent of a youth footballer, or you are a youth player yourself, you know, I would suggest, you know, obviously the more time you spend with the ball at your feet, the better. Um, but also work on you. Know, try to dissect your position and what are the um, the set of skills that you need to have. You know, aside from. Playing with the ball, what are those those skills, those qualities you need to possess to be successful in your position? So, like I said, in your position, speed, the ability to you know change direction, um, you know maybe you know for players it's the ability to jump higher, depending you know if you're a goalie or you're you know one of the taller players on the team, you know different things like that. You know what what are those physical qualities that you need to have that will make you better in your position?
1: Well, um, well, I am a striker slash cam. So, um, one thing that I need to work on is obviously um, doing the right technique when shooting.
0: Uh Um,
1: And that is that is that is a big wide category of things. And there's lots of different kinds of shooting. There's shooting with your laces, which when you shoot, you should have back not backspin, but uh, side spin. The Opposite way of where you're shooting.
0: Right. Almost like if you think of like a screw ball in baseball. Mm-hmm. It's sort of going the opposite way that it would normally rotate. Or you've hit it flat enough to where it's just a knuckleball.
1: Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a curve or a swerve on the ball mm-hmm. where it's pretty much just whip. Where you just whip the ball and it curls. Yeah. And then there's knuckleball where pretty much the ball doesn't actually like move in air. Yep. It and it's it just doesn't move, so it ball moves on its own.
0: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, you know, some of the other stuff and we've posted these videos up on all of our social media accounts is we've been working on strength and fitness. So, while Josh works either when his team is in season, he'll work with his team um You know, at practices and training sessions and things like that. But since he's not doing that right now, he's been going to camps and he's working with one of his former coaches um, one-on-one. So, you know, he's got a lot of work right there. And then he and I, um, while he's working with his coach and working at the camps on, you know, technical stuff as far as soccer goes, he and I are doing sort of the more general fitness types of things like um, strength um, aerobic conditioning, overall fitness, stuff like that. So, the yeah. videos that we've posted on our social media sites, um, we've kind of got three categories. One is warm ups, um, you know, sort of activating the muscles, getting them ready for more intense physical activity. And at the same time, some of these warm ups we're doing also build strength. So, think about like a walking lunge, you know, not only yeah. is that you know, stretching out the muscles to a degree and contracting the muscles and getting them warm, but also you're building some strength. So we've mm-hmm. got examples of that up online. Then we move into plyometrics and basically all plyometrics are, are you know, um, explosive exercises. Think of jumps as a great example. I think there's a lot more lower body plyometric exercises than there are for upper bodies um, but, you know, these are for, and especially for the, the position that Josh plays, um, it builds explosiveness, it builds strength, and it builds cardio fitness. So if you're looking to be um, a player that plays, you know, depending on how many, you know, minutes per half you play, anywhere from, say, 50 minutes up to 90 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, depending on your age group, um, and you want to play a full match, you've got to be able to have that physical fitness. Yep. Um, But these plyometrics also improve your jumping ability, Um, just your overall power, even if you're trying to maintain possession of the ball or gain possession of the ball, just to be able to have a sturdy lower body and a strong upper body and even a tight core to be able to not get knocked off balance, stay on balance and, you know, either Mm -hmm. maintain possession or dispossess someone I think is important. And then the third area that we go over in these videos is the core um, which I just mentioned, but of course the core is important in any aspect of any sport and just in everyday life. So, you know, for Josh to have a strong core is sort of critically important. Um, today you had a session, um, just not too long ago, actually, um, with your former coach and you guys worked on, um, on some things that either you need to improve on or just that are like we've been saying are sort of critical to your position. Um, The shooting was -hmm. an obvious thing, Um, but you also worked on um, making good traps, which Mm -hmm. is a nice finesse touch so that you're not losing possession of the ball and you're sort of laying it off in just the perfect position to either dribble, make a move, or shoot. So, mm-hmm. um, how did that go?
1: So uh, that went uh, that went well. And um, when we did this, he would either throw the ball at the air mm-hmm. or throw the ball at me, mm-hmm. and I would have to use proper control and proper technique to control the ball. Okay. So when the ball is in the air, like floating, and it's gonna like come down to the ground, uh-huh. you want to try and control it with either your thigh, yeah, which that's what I mainly used. It's um, you want to hit it right on. Sort of the
0: meaty part? Yeah,
1: the muscle. Yeah. And sort of um and sort of just control it and bring in the force and it'll sort of bounce in front of you if you do it properly.
0: Yeah, so you're sort of like letting your leg give a little bit as Mm -hmm. the ball's coming down. You're trying to bring your leg and the ball down at the same time. A lot like um a drop shot in tennis. You sort of when that ball hits your racket up at the net. You let it give a little bit so that the ball just sort of dies. Mm-hmm.
1: And then also controlling it with the laces. Mm-hmm. And I would say that is a bit harder than using your thigh.
0: Yeah. and The surface area is less.
1: Yeah. And you really have to make sure you, uh, when you're bringing your foot down, you don't just sort of let the ball hit it. Yeah. You also want to give a little bit of give when, um, when the ball hits it, so it sort of dies it yep. Dies and comes at the right speed.
0: Yep. And, you know, the whole purpose behind all of this training that Josh is doing, aside from just trying to be the best footballer he can be, is, you know, the beginning of the new season is coming soon. So we want his fitness to be as high as it possibly can be. Um, you know, he certainly wants to have, earn a starting spot on the team. And, and, you know, from the first whistle, be able to help his team Mm win. So um, that is the goal. Josh is going to start attending um, some really cool soccer camps um, beginning next week. Next week's is actually um, Barcelona camp. And these are coaches from Barcelona. So he's going to learn sort of the quote unquote Barcelona way. Um, So we'll definitely give some insight to how that's going and sort of some of the things that Josh is learning. Mm -hmm. In addition to all of this physical Training. Uh, We've also been doing mental training, and we've mentioned a book that we've been reading all about sort of um, being soccer tough and being Mm -hmm. mentally tough. And in a nutshell, this is all about basically just envisioning in your mind what success looks like. Mm -hmm. So many athletes go into a match or a training session thinking, okay, I don't want to do this. I don't want this guy to beat me. I got to make sure that I don't, you know that I don't take bad shots or I, mm-hmm. I don't let the ball, if you're a goalkeeper, I don't let shots go in or whatever. Instead of envisioning, here's what success looks like for me. I want to go out and I want to make great runs and I want to make clean passes and I want to take good shots with good technique, which will result in possibly mm-hmm. a goal. So it's all about going in and saying, here's what I want to do. Here's what success looks like, what it feels like, and trying to imagine it so strongly that you can actually feel it and sense it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also thinking about the things you can control in a match and the things you can't control in a match. Um, You know, you can't control the field conditions Mm -hmm. or the weather or the other team or Mm -hmm. the referee, but you can control, um, you know, how mentally present you are in the match Mm -hmm. or how hard you're trying, Mm -hmm. you know, um, being, you know aware of your positioning on the field things like that so it's a phenomenal read and i think that that is really beginning i think you had a really great training session today and we practiced what this book is telling us in terms of um or i should i don't mean we josh is practicing this stuff i'm just reminding him of it um but you know i think it paid off with a really great session today so Mm -hmm. um so i think that was good okay Now we are going to switch gears over into the charity that we're sort of digging this week. All right, so the charity that we're digging this week is called Soccer Raid. And for listeners in the U.S., um, this may not be super relevant. It's much more of sort of a U.K.-based or European-based organization. But what it does is that it raises money to help UNICEF, UNICEF build a safer world for children. Um, which is sort of a, a big, broad thing, but it's a phenomenal mission. Um, it's raised over 5 million pounds for UNICEF to date. And sort of what it culminates in is that every two years, um, Soccer Aid brings two teams together. Um, it's a, they are teams that are a mix of celebrities and football legends. Um, and one team are celebrities and soccer legends from England, And the other team are celebrities and footballers, footballing legends from the rest of the world. Um, And, you know, you've got names like Ronaldinho coming out, Mm -hmm. Gary Neville, you know, um, some of the boys from One Direction in terms of, uh, which I'm not familiar with them, but I know the name, you know. But um, so sounds like a really cool thing. And it's Mm -hmm. an opportunity um, to see at the very least some of, these legends of soccer go out and play. But I think it's a really, it's got a really cool mission. I know David Beckham is extremely involved with UNICEF as well. So it seems like um, that UNICEF has a lot of assistance coming in um, from the soccer world. But what UNICEF does is that it provides um, support or offers a lifeline to children in danger. Um, So some of those, um, areas of danger that children are in that soccer aid helps and donates money towards are, um, providing nutritious food, um, giving them critically important vaccines to keep them healthy and disease free. Even things like clean water or protecting children from violence, um, abuse, exploitation, things like that. So, you know, when you hear stuff like that, you know, that, well, um, you know, soccer is just a game, um, what it can help raise, Mm -hmm. you know, awareness of and support for is, um, is super important. So, you know, this is just something that, you know, definitely just go online and look for Soccer Aid if you're interested in learning more information, but this is just something that we wanted to call attention to. We're going to go ahead and move into the digital world of soccer. And we're going to start with FIFA 16, and this is Josh's area of expertise. So I'm going to go ahead and let you take it away.
1: Okay, so firstly, we're going to talk about the new transferred FIFA cards. And uh, pretty much what these are, they're pretty much uh, when you play FIFA, there is a card, and it has the player's nationality, their club, and their league on it and um it's pretty self-explanatory but transfer cards um are from their different teams so they mm-hmm. have a different uh, um club so
0: mm-hmm.
1: pretty much you can you can buy these cards and they're uh, very different to the game and they add different um different kinds of style to your ultimate team
0: so they're sort of never before seen cards right so yeah. like um Zlatan in a Man U jersey mm-hmm. is an example of a yes. transfer card, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: Also cards like Mikatarian who's mm-hmm. transferred, mm-hmm. Um, and just other people like that. Uh, ben hope- Arfa have tran- has transferred.
0: Hopefully Aubameyang to City yes. will come sooner. Yeah, enough.
1: definitely. I definitely hope Aubameyang goes to City. People like Nolito. Uh-huh. People like uh, Yama, yep. in a Tottenham Shaka. Kit. Shaka, Mane, Gundawan. And uh, Martin Skirtle. And then also, um, and then also when these players transfer, mm-hmm. um, their prices in those cards will rocket high. Oh. Because they're super new and no one's seen them before. They're kind of like
0: collectors' cards or something. Yeah, like
1: the Ebra card uh-huh. um, like quadrupled his price yep. simply because he was in the BPL and played for Manchester United. So if you if you pack one, if you um, if you If you find one on the market, Mm -hmm. I would advise buying it because it's super new to the game and adds so much different things to the game.
0: Cool. Awesome. All right, I'm going to go ahead and chime in here for a second because it's actually an email that I got recently um, about Xbox DVR. So um, it is a subscription service, and it sounds like it's brand new, but basically what it allows you to do is it gives you sort of unlimited, depending on which, um, yeah, I guess it gives you unlimited capacity to save all of your clips. So if you're playing FIFA and, you know, you're saving game clips and things like that, um, you know, in the past you've sort of been taking up space on your Xbox Mm -hmm. device. um, And, you know, that stuff can, especially with video content can fill up kind of quickly. But what this service allows is it gives you sort of unlimited storage capacity But also it allows you to link certain social media accounts directly so that each time you record a clip or save a clip, it will automatically upload it to those sites as well, Mm -hmm. those platforms. So right now I think it's YouTube, but eventually um, it's also going to have Twitter – and I think Twitch accounts as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, the more you save it. So I think that's kind of a cool, it's a, it's a way to immediately share rather than you going in and having to manually post these videos in all those different places that just automatically mm-hmm. um, integrates mm-hmm. and uploads it. And I think it's a cool feature. Um and there's different sort of, this is not a free service as far as I can tell. It's sort of a subscription service, but it starts as low as $5. And I believe it's sort of a monthly fee. There's different options. There's five, 10 and $20 depending on how many months I think $5 gets you one month. Um, and you can either choose to bill monthly or buy a whole year's worth. So, you know, kind of a cool feature, I think, and definitely, um, you know, sort of, I think, especially for people who save game clips in FIFA or Madden or something like that, I think that um, mm-hmm. I think that it's kind of neat. So um, let's go ahead and we always cover the FIFA Ultimate Team, the FUT stuff, and we have a really cool Team of the Week this week, and it is Classic Europe Heroes. So Josh, as you usually do, do you want to take it away?
1: Yep, I will. So, this team is made up of retro cards of uh, Europe's, some of Europe's best international players, I would say, ever.
0: Of all time, right? Yeah.
1: So, uh, the front three is David Villa, uh, Tati, and Torres. Definitely a legendary attack there. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: Not so much with Torres, but definitely with Tati and Villa, they are definitely at legendary status. Yeah. The midfield is Stevie G... Pirlo, and Lampard. Um uh, a full MLS yeah. um uh, 3 and all complete legends as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: The back four is Fabio Coentrão, uh Philip Long, Ashley Cole, and uh Vassunga of Trabzonspor. Yeah, uh,
0: and in the Turkish Super League and also from Portugal.
1: So, um... Uh, all of them are just complete legends, especially Philip Blum and Ashley Cole.
0: Yeah, I haven't heard Cole's name in quite a while. And in
1: between the sticks is Raina. Which Raina. I haven't heard very much of him lately, That's but he's still up to date.
0: And how about we look at the the bench here, and we've got a lot of familiar names here, too.
1: So, we're going to start off with Balotelli. Wow. How? How? Just how? How?
0: He's, he's legendary from an infamy standpoint, I suppose.
1: Yeah. I... I don't really like him at all. He's not very much of a good player, in my opinion.
0: He had all the talent in the world, but just uh, for whatever reason, mentally, just never got it together. But here's a a face that we recognize and someone that we really respect, and that's Wesley Schneider.
1: I, I I love Wesley Schneider. He actually tweeted me
0: long, long time ago,
1: and I just respect him as a player, how hard he works, and how good of a player he is. Yes, and that can also be. Uh, said for Xabi Alonso of Bayern Munich.
0: Yep, absolutely. So that's a pretty cool team. And if you haven't checked out the stuff before, go to Futhead.com. That's just F-U-T Head.com, and you can look for teams of the week and create your own um, squads, build your own squads, and things like that. All right, let's go ahead, Josh. You have we in this segment too. We try to cover like a website or an app or an account um, that we think is cool. And this one is called One Football.
1: So I I've really found One Football as a very helpful website. Um, pretty much, it's kind of like a four four two. It it gives you that up to date news on just overall news and also transfers. It's up to date like in the minute. It gets up to date really quickly, and mm-hmm. also uh, you can check scores from here as well. So. Yeah.
0: So there's it's not only a website, but it's also an app you can mm-hmm. download. You can download. Okay.
1: And uh, you can choose, like, your favorite teams, mm-hmm. and you can get their news. You can just get all the news, and then also transfer news, which it's just, you know this before it actually shows on, like, TV. Yeah. And it's just up to date. Cool. And then you can also check game scores from here as well.
0: Very Awesome. You can check different leagues, different tournaments, all that sort of stuff, Mm -hmm. right?
1: And then there's also specifically a Euro tab where you can check scores from there, the table.
0: So as certain big tournaments are going on, um, they will just kind of be integrated into the app and the website and stuff.
1: And then it also shows stats from these leagues as well.
0: Yep. So, you know, um, before we know it, FIFA 17 is going to be here. So I think the release is sometime in September. Um, But right now, what EA Sports is asking everyone to do is vote for a player to be on the cover of FIFA 17. Um, And there's four choices. You've got Anthony Martial from Man U, James Rodriguez from Real Madrid, which I find a little bit interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Eden Hazard from Chelsea, which two years ago that would have probably won. Um, and Marco Royce of Dortmund.
1: I'll be completely honest. A very depressing four. Like I all
0: fine players, but just not. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Messi on the cover in the past, and yeah. you now these guys. So yeah. you know, nothing against these guys, but mm-hmm. they're not messy.
1: I I want to go into a bit of detail with this. I'm a bit confused how Anthony Martial. He has a decent season with Menu, but I wouldn't say he's that huge that he's already getting on. Covers of video games and that stuff. Well, but.
0: if you look at all these players, they're still relatively young, um, and they're emerging, rising mm-hmm. players. Um, so I think that's part of it. Just from looking at who we have, um, yeah. and I think that they'll kind of resonate with, you know, the gaming community and you know, kids like you who mm-hmm. play a lot of FIFA. So, um, so um, if you'd like to, you can go online. And vote for your favorite player, and then we'll see. Um, we'll see who the most and popular player is. I have one question is. for you. Huh.
1: Who do you think you're going to vote for?
0: Uh, I think I would vote for Hazard, despite a letdown of a season this season. I think he's immensely talented, and once he gets through the sort of this mental blockage that he has, um, I think he could be the next great player.
1: I'm I'm going to vote for Marco Royce. Okay, uh, because. I don't really think Anthony Martial deserves to be on the cover. Not yet. Same with Thomas Rodriguez, and I would
0: actually vote for Rashford over Martial, mm-hmm. quite honestly.
1: Yeah, Rashford had a, like a much better reason why he's, he should be on the
0: cover. He's just so young and, mm-hmm. and just took off, you know, in a flash. So yep. anyway, so if you'd like to go online, vote for the cover of FIFA 17. All right, we want to announce our first ever giveaway. Josh's idea, I think it's a phenomenal idea, and we're going to give away FIFA coins. So Josh has about 8 million extra, I guess, coins that he's accumulated over time. So we're going to give away a total of 8 million FIFA coins. Um, these are for iOS only, specifically, right? And what we're going to do is give 2 million coins each to the first four people um, that that. Comment back to us, and I'll go through the the rules in a minute. But the way this will be is the first – there will be four winners. Each of them will get two million coins. So that is our total of eight million, just to be clear. But here's how you win. So you're going to go to our Instagram page, and we will – by the time you hear this podcast, we'll have it up on our our page there. Um, And you're going to look for our graphic, our meme of um, the FIFA coin giveaway. You'll definitely Mm – You'll know it when you see it. Um, All you have to do is comment back on that photo, on that image, the letters LTS, as in Let's Talk Soccer. So the code word again is LTS. The first four people who do this, who are actual people and not bots or anything like that, are actual human beings, um, they will each get 2 million iOS FIFA coins. Um, we will contact those four winners. And so if you you are one of the first four, we'll contact you back from there to verify that you're not a bot or something. You have to DM us back and let us know what player, the way this is going to work is sort of a, a transaction. Um, you're going to let us know a player that you're going to put up for sale um, in the iOS FIFA app, the current, the new season, not any other season, must be the new season. And Josh will go in and buy that player from you for two million coins. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Okay. So again, here's how you do it. First four that comment on that FIFA coins giveaway image must comment with the code word LTS. We will then contact you you have to dm us back let us know which player you're going to put up for sale in the new season of the ios fifa app and then we will go in and buy that player from you for two million coins um if we let you know that you've won and you don't dm us within 48 hours of us sending you that message we can choose alternate winners to receive Mm -hmm. your 2 million coins. So we're going to try to make this quick and immediate, but you got to sort of play along with us here. So um, it'll be fun. And it's a thanks for listening to this podcast. So we're going to go ahead and close it out. I think today was a phenomenal podcast. We talked about some great stuff in the euros, which has been super exciting. We've talked about um, some great summer transfer stuff and still a lot more to come Um, In respect to that, um, your youth soccer training, which is going well, and hopefully we can help some other aspiring footballers train and become better players. Um, And we talked about a lot of cool stuff sort of, you know, along the realms of uh, online or digital soccer as well. So I think this was a really, really cool one. Maybe maybe our best yet until you hear our cheesy closing, which is a a fake – Audience applause. So yes, sorry it's about very that. very great. All right. So, just again to remind you how you can contact us, and we absolutely want to hear from you. On Twitter, we're at Let's Talk Soccer 2. That's the number 2. Um, on Facebook, also look for Let's Talk Soccer 2. The number 2. Instagram, at Let's Talk Soccer. YouTube, just look for Let's Talk Soccer. And you can email us at letstalksoccer2 at gmail.com. And the last thing we'll ask is please subscribe to this podcast, either on Google Play or iTunes or SoundCloud, and share it with your friends. And, you know, the more listeners, the better. We are not in this to make money or any sort of fame or anything like that. We just love it. But, you know, we'd love to see a little bit of payoff for all of the hard work in time that we put into this. So thank you for listening to this podcast and Kush. If you're still listening, thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you soon and everyone until next time, as always, we close out with peace. Peace. Goodbye.